0: Kane, no, Luke, Kane, and Scorpion, Sonya, Blade, Sub-Zero, Boro, Shang, Zay, Baraka, J-Jax, Kintaro, Kit, Tana, Kalama, Lee, Nanuk, Seba, Shao Kahn, Chameleon, Cyrax, Er, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Wolf, Insector, Sheep, Russ, and Del Striker. Jinquanji Shinoxa, Lina Jericho, Kaibi, Reiko Tanya Tremor, Lipo Raicho, Drumming, Boss Who's Out, Ten, Lee, Mame Mavado, Mo Kao, Malak, Katara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havok, Hotaru, Kira, Koko Onaga, Shijinko, Digon, Take, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Risko, Tulkan, Funjin, Takeda, Tribe, Force, Atreon, Scarlet, Gareth, Collect, Welcome to Mortal Podcast, I'm your host Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. Today, i got a very special guest, filmmaker J.D. Diller. J.D., how are you?
1: I'm good, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Dude, it's my it's my pleasure. We've been meaning to hang out uh, for the first time for forever. Now here we are doing it on the Internet for this podcast.
1: You know, and at some point, you know, now that we've been like Twitter friends for like a decade, we should, um, you know, let's hang out. Let's like hang out, hang out soon.
0: Yeah, I think I think I think Um, we should. Should we put I something mean, the calendar right mid now? Oh, I
1: was going to say, <laughs> should we just start with uh, forcing everyone to listen to the incredibly tedious yeah. <laughs> task of uh, us trying to find a day to hang out?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, I I might be doing some travel next week, and then obviously it's the Fourth of July holiday, so that's going to get complicated. But like mid July, I'm around. It's gonna. It's yeah, supposed to be like cool. pretty hot, so I don't think we could do like an afternoon thing. So weeknights, like after my kids' bedtime, it's probably going to be the easiest.
1: Well, I'm generally free Tuesdays and Wednesdays between 7.30 and 7.45 at night. So, um, yeah. Do a quick 15 minutes at like
0: Golden Road Brewery in (laughs) Alwater Yeah, perfect.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great. And the Cal sent you the invite. Thanks, Val. Okay, perfect. Thanks,
0: man. Yeah, I appreciate you sending the invite because otherwise I forget,
1: you know? (laughs) No, it's tough. It's tough. It's so tough (laughs) these days.
0: JD, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Um, you mentioned earlier when we were chatting before we got started that you've you've actually listened to the podcast before, um, which makes me wonder, are you uh, a Mortal Kombat fan or just a, a Ben Meckler fan?
1: Uh, generally, uh, just a Ben Meckler fan. Um, got it. But, um, you know, I, I will just to get, you know, clear the air as we get started here. Um, yeah. You know, did like Mortal Kombat, but... um. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a contingent of us who grew up more in the world of Tekken, um, mm, and the Tekken and I I, yeah. I the Tekken people, um, <laughs> and I happen mm-hmm. to come from that community and identify as such. Still, uh, you know, it'd be so funny later. if
0: the podcast just ended the second you said Tekken, like that was the end of the episode. <laughs> that all that got uploaded. <laughs> it's like I don't <laughs> know, man. Something happened. Yeah. <laughs> No excuses. I upload it like it's a normal episode and everything. You're like that's it. Ow. It's
1: like, uh, oh, you didn't know the secret kill word on the podcast? Yeah, that that shuts it down.
0: Well, I'm curious if you were more of a Tekken guy. Like, well, what, what what was it that drew you to Tekken over, say, Mortal Kombat? Because I will say, like, personally, I did play plenty of Tekken. I did go to the Tekken cabinet at <laughs> the arcade, um, but my interests in it were pretty limited to like seeing a guy with a tiger on his head and a demon guy and. So because it was like the monsters was what drew me to Tekken. Um it right. was always like the second choice after the primo Mortal Kombat monsters that were on offer. Of course. Um so yeah, I'm curious like what what was it that drew you to to Tekken over the superior
1: franchise? <laughs> um <laughs> well, I think <laughs> I mean, you know, not to get too deep into uh, this immediately, two minutes in being a therapy mm-hmm. session, mm-hmm. Um, but I but I think it, uh, it had something to do with sort of a, you know, more conservative, you know, church every Sunday upbringing that moral combat was sort of the easy target in terms of like, mm-hmm. well, you can't, you're not allowed to play that. You know, you tear each other's hearts out? Like, no. Um, so as I sort of looked for... Um, You know, uh, alternatives um, that the church officially sponsored. Um, Tekken was a sanctioned.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The the Pope actually christened a copy of Tekken 3 for the PS1, if I recall correctly.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's the famous picture. Yeah. Um, But uh, uh, so I found Tekken that way because Mortal Kombat was, uh, you know, it was a little risque. Yeah,
0: yeah, I get it. I get it. Tekken, it's interesting because. Yes, Mortal Kombat for sure, more risque than Tekken. There's a lot of like blood and gore and stuff. Mm-hmm. That said, uh, Tekken very anti corporate, which I feel like kind of spits in the face of, of modern day American Christianity.
1: You know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, 11 year old me like didn't yeah. have the, you know, um, that nuanced approach to the material. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, I think, uh, <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. I will say
0: that perspective comes entirely from recently screening the tech and movie for the Mortal podcast uh, Patreon subscribers. Um, by the way, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, not good. Not a good movie. <laughs> I,
1: you know, I I remember being excited, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then I remember not being excited. Um, yeah. And I don't I don't exactly remember you know what happened in between those two uh those two moments but maybe you saw um, like a shred
0: of footage or heard a single piece of word of mouth
1: (laughs) and then was like you know what some other time some other time um i should watch that though i mean as a as a as a longtime fan i mean it's it's odd that i've seen mortal kombat movies but not um not tekken given you know uh my origin story here
0: yeah. Te- you know, as a tech connoisseur, it does feel like something that should be on your radar. Yeah. Uh, but again, not good. So it's really up to you. <laughs> you want to spend <laughs> your time. Yeah, fair enough.
1: <laughs> fair enough.
0: <laughs> so I guess, like, did you did you actually, you know, did you secretly illicitly play the Mortal Kombat games or were you, you know, a good God fearing lad who was like, I'm not going to play Mortal Kombat because I want to go to heaven
1: um, you know, there was a, there was a transition point between the two. Um, and then, you know, started to play a friend's houses and get introduced to it a little bit. I was like, this is actually, isn't so bad. Um, yeah. but unre- to Satanism. A, a little bit, yeah. Like, you know, baby <laughs> steps and just, you know, you kind of, you know, you, you, you break down your inhibitions and then, um, you know, you suddenly find yourself in this kind of n- new place as a, as a young adult. Um, <laughs> But uh, <clears throat> I think my more recent, or I guess my my the actual time that I spent the most with Mortal Kombat was actually only a couple of years ago. Um, um, you know, deep into next-gen consoles, I was just like, this, pro- this looks like I've seen, and I like, you know, IGN is like my homepage. So I'm like, this game seems mm-hmm. fun. Um, and then I downloaded it and was like, this is great. Um, and I was also playing like Injustice a lot and I was like, okay, like, let me just go back to where this all came from, um, and play, uh, play these new Mortal Combats and they were wonderful. Um, did you play 11
0: or did you also go back and play Mortal Kombat X?
1: No, I, it was just 11.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With, right. How that was the first one for playing
0: the story mode for that
1: game. <laughs> oh, Cause it's I had
0: self-referential to like the last couple of games before <laughs>
1: generally all I was able to put together was like, Oh, you know what? In five seconds, I'm going to need to fight. And that, that was as much story as I could really put together. Um, um, So yeah, not, not, uh, was not sort of sucked into the lore, uh, in this most recent playthrough. Um, but it did remind me of a, a bunch of characters names and, you know, all of that stuff from back in the, uh, the illicit days of playing, um, secretly.
0: Yeah, you were like, Baraka, I remember that guy. He's the person who introduced me to uh, spilling lamb's blood and worshiping Satan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Got good it. to see yeah. you
0: again. <laughs> 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 well, uh, that's actually, you know, that's pretty helpful going into today because we're going to be talking about uh, a character who actually appeared for the first time in Mortal Kombat 11 for the last time. I don't know. Maybe. Or we don't know yet. And that's a guy named oh. the, the Collector, which is his, his legal name. Which I checked, and Le- yeah, canonically, that's like, legally, his name is The Collector.
1: Like, parents came out of the womb and was named Collector.
0: No, I think, um, uh, I'll get into this a little more in a second, but I think he, he didn't have any name until he had an occupation, because he's from a race called the Knock Not On, that, uh, that they don't have names until, they get named for their occupations. It's kind of like how you meet someone whose last name is, like, Smith, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, so somebody like way back in your lineage was like a, some kind of a blacksmith or something. And that's like where you got your last name from. Um, sorry if that's new Can information. you imagine though?
1: You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as you saw my mouth go gay. And I'm like, wait, what? Oh my God, no, but, yeah.
0: that's fucking Smith.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I, I, not to derail so soon, but I, mm-hmm. I, I, I have always no wondered. Better time. I have always wondered about that sort of, you know, surname naming convention, because mm-hmm. at what point is your last name like flaggarty? and they're like, nah, now you're Baker. Like when, when, yeah. when do you have to like give it up because you do a thing. Cause that seems kind of traumatic.
0: My assumption, and I could be wrong about this was that these preceded the like family names um, I've done no research into this whatsoever. So this is like purely like at the level of don't. people who like got high and are talking about it um, and trying to guess at at reality. Um, but my guess, my understanding was like, Oh yeah. Like before people had a need for last names because there weren't that many people in each community, they were just named for whatever their family did for the community. And then Different cultures; it didn't operate that way. Brought in other last names, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know.
1: I am really happy that that's not a thing anymore because it would make Los Angeles insufferable. Yeah, because it would be like, "Hey, JD writer, director, aspiring comedian." Like it it would. I'm I'm Kyle
0: influencer.
1: (laughs) But a (laughs) terrible place to live. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, Um, Jeff Raytheon. (laughs) <laughs> so he was named Collector um, because that yeah. was to be his vocation.
0: Well, you know, usually I start this podcast with a pretty lengthy and tiresome spiel about the origins of the entirety of the Mortal Pot, uh, Mortal Kombat universe, but it's really not that relevant for for Collector, and the important parts will come up along his story. So, so I'll just get into it. But basically, yeah, Collector. He's a he's a uh who, at the time that his story begins from from his birth, most likely. He lives in in a realm called Outworld, just another dimension, uh, parallel to our own. Um, And so uh, he he's kind of you know I I don't know if you've seen pictures of Collector. You've you've, I'm sure played as him or against him in in Mortal Kombat 11, but he's like a skinny little dude with six arms, who's just covered in uh, jewels and trinkets. And he has this like Mary Poppins bag that he can pull an unlimited number of things out of, including in like one of his, I forget if it was a fatality or an intro, but he pulls like a whole dude out of there at one point. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's kind of like uh, bag and sag and Larry from all that. If you recall the classic <clears throat> uh, Kenan Thompson character um, yep. who had the pants that just were full of, of uh, an unlimited amount of stuff. Yeah. Um. So uh he was a part of the Nodden not race, living in Outworld, but the way that Outworld works, the reason that there are all these different kinds of monsters in Outworld is that there was this um, god emperor who ruled over Outworld with an iron fist named Shao Kahn. And Shao Kahn, over many, many centuries, um, would challenge alternate dimensions, other realms, to a Mortal Kombat tournament, and uh, the rules created by the gods who created the elder gods who created the realms were that uh you can't like invade and conquer another realm unless you beat it in ten uh mortal combat tournaments in a row.
1: <laughs> that makes sense. No, yeah, that's like that's that seems like good like you know like foreign policy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we should integrate that here I think. If there were if you just had to win ten fighting tournaments over the course of like a hundred years, um or a thousand—it's actually a little unclear in Mortal Kombat lore. But if you just—if you had to win ten fighting tournaments in a row to win a war, instead of having to like have tanks, imagine like how much better literally every facet of human life would be. First yeah, off, I no mean, armies.
1: I, It's—I think it's—I mean, you know, it, it is the genius of both Mortal Kombat and um, you know another sort of staple of contemporary culture, um, robot jocks. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like it's just this it's is just like we're robot doing jokes. it. We're doing. Yeah. It. <laughs> that's that's what I came here to say today is that yeah. what really is the difference between Mortal Kombat and Robot Jocks? Um, uh,
0: no, no difference. I think Stuart Gordon probably just like played the first couple of Mortal Kombat games and then said I could do this as a movie and then ripped it off and made Robot <laughs> Jocks. <Yeah. laughs>
1: there you go. Yeah, I'm sure that's it. Um, yeah. Okay, but that's no. Okay, so 10, ten tournaments. 10 tournaments. And 10 then, tournaments in uh, a row. And then... Just
0: imagine if we got our whole military budget back and could reinvest it in like, community projects. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. But we don't do that. But they do do that in the much more idealistic world of Earthrealm and Mortal Kombat. So right. B- anyway, be- because of Shao Kahn kind of waging this campaign, conquering realm after realm after realm, Outworld is a realm that has like dinosaur people that are refugees from when the dinosaur realm got conquered. Vampires from the vampire realm. Uh, the Shokan, those like half dragon people who have four arms like Goro, they had their own realm, not anymore. They got conquered by Shao Kahn and now they're also stuck here. So it's like all these, it's basically <clears throat> a, an entire dimension made up almost completely of refugees uh, from realms that no longer exist that were merged <clears throat> with Outworld um, who are all living in some form of subservience under, uh, under Shao Kahn. And, uh, and here's where... It, uh here's where Collector gets really dicey for me specifically as a Jew hearing <laughs> Collector's story. <laughs> Something a little off about this. So people hated the Nochnod and they didn't trust them because they were greedy. Um and they lived in squalor uh-huh. and they were slaves for Shao Kahn, who um canonically built like the pyramids of Outworld and like the palace that he lives in and the Colosseum. And
1: wait this I've, was interesting. I've heard this or- story before.
0: It sounds familiar. Right? <laughs> <laughs> wait, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> and uh it was right around the time they kind of like read it out world to look like sort of influenced by ancient Egypt a little bit and a little bit by <laughs> I don't
1: know, something something's going yeah, on there. Wait. <laughs> I've seen this in a couple of things, I think. Yeah.
0: So, you know, collector being famously greedy, um, as his people naturally were. yeah. <laughs> He uh was noticed by Shao Kahn, who otherwise had just been using the Knocknoddens as like construction slaves, um, okay. who had to serve or else be executed. Uh, he noticed collector and was like, you know, I'm starting to make some of the Knocknoddens who've like really drank the Kool Aid into slave slavers of their own and into debt collectors, uh, working for me. So uh, they're they basically like government mandated bandits. So so like Shao Kahn had his army made up of different like races. He had consigned. Into his mm-hmm. military that he'd conquered in the past, and then he, additionally, like there were just regular people that lived in Outworld, and he was using the Noknadians as like government-sanctioned bandits. So he would like set them up on different roadways, like, and send them to different towns to like rob people who he felt owed him uh, riches or taxes or or different objects he could bring back treasures uh, to his palace. So Collector was one of those guys, and Shah Khan saw that he was so ambitious and so greedy. Uh, that he would make a great imperial debt collector. So basically like the the general debt collector of, of Outworld. He'd command the other Naknadans and send them out as like bandits. Um, and they would no longer really be involved in like construction. They would kind of be his like uh, debt collector enforcer, like secret police.
1: <laughs> had, had he taken the name yet? I like, is there, is there any moment either... where he like, it's a big deal that he receives the name collector?
0: If there is, it has not been made canon yet, but I would say there's two times he may have gotten the name. It was either while he was operating as like a normal debt collector before he became like the collector, or it was when Shao Kahn was like, oh, you're not just a debt collector, dude. You're the collector. You're in charge of all the other debt collectors. And then I have no fucking idea what their names were.
1: That's what was my question. Like, it's yeah. probably annoying when, like, you know, you're with a bunch of screenwriters, and then one person's like, "Actually, my name is the screenwriter," and you're like, "Well, that's like we yeah. all do this. Like, this that's yeah. that's a pain in the ass."
0: Yeah, uh, I, I you know, I I can only imagine it was like there was the collector, and maybe there was like a hundred people named Collector Junior that were not blood related. Right.
1: <laughs> Or maybe, maybe as I'm looking at this here, I mean, maybe they just spelled theirs with a C.
0: That could be, that could be it. He adopted Shao Kahn's K Mm -hmm. um, to signify his superiority. And then obviously it was a nice nod for the franchise. Could be.
1: Yeah. Great. (laughs) Great. Well, I'm glad we got that sorted out. We we figured it out. Yeah. (laughs) Just read between the lines. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So he became he became like the imperial debt collector. He was he was the president mm-hmm. of debt collectors, and uh, and the knockknottin were no longer looked at with uh, disgust. They were now feared because it was clear that they had taken on this sort of special status. And this is something that had happened before in the history of Outworld with the Shokan, uh, who were such a strong like warrior race, thanks to uh, Prince Goro. Who famously was Mortal Kombat champion and a champion for Outworld across many tournaments, and his dad King Gorbak, who was a great warrior in his own right. Um, the Shokan had gone from being like an army that Outworld conquered to like the most powerful <coughs> like race in Outworld, where every everyone else kind of like feared them. Um, and so uh, the Knocknottens now had status with the Collector kind of at the head of the pack, and this was a big deal because they had spent a long long time as collector brings up many many times in the game uh, living in hunger and squalor and now all of a sudden he had he had this status so he was very much like into Shao Kahn from that point forward he was like deep uh, in on like Shao Kahn's the best this guy rules he he made me into something special and kind of overlooked the fact that like yeah he also enslaved literally every single person who looks <laughs> yeah he's like yeah but i'm in charge now of them that's cool
1: that's better that's Mm -hmm. better than me also being a slave yeah interesting
0: Uh uh-huh yeah he's a complex and deeply fucked up person um and so uh that was good for a while collector was enjoying life he's getting what he wanted out of this experience um and potentially even embezzling from Shao Kahn that's implied uh at times when you're playing the game if you play as Collector and you fight Shao Kahn he'll never say anything bad about Shao Kahn unlike every other character who's like I'm gonna fuck you up Aaron Black I'm gonna slaughter you Liu Kang uh Collector's just like very he very much like like, thank you for the job yeah (laughs) Please, sir, hit me harder. Um, but there is like one intro where it's like implied that he was like skimming a little off the top when he was collecting debts. So, you know, he's a little uh, as usual. He was, yeah. he was ambitious. He couldn't he couldn't help himself. His, his greedy, knock in nature. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yep. So uh, <laughs> eventually, uh, eventually things took a turn because while Shao Kahn was trying to defeat yet another realm, earth realm, uh, he actually wound up being killed because, uh, he, he basically lost the mortal Kombat tournament twice, tried to just invade earth realm. The elder gods were like, all right, you crossed the line. And together with, uh, earth realms protector Raiden, uh, he was killed. And so suddenly the guy that like elevated collector was gone. Um, and, it was a real question like what was going to happen to Outworld now like is 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 there just gonna be democracy is there gonna be nobody in charge like there was a power vacuum and collector was like I don't know if I'm gonna have like a role in this new government and uh pretty quickly there actually wound up being a civil war because first Shao Kahn's arguable daughter Melina who was the uh the clone of Princess Katana uh, a princess no. from yet another realm that Shao Kahn conquered as a child. Um, sorry, she conquered. he conquered the realm, he kidnapped her as a child and made her his daughter and then cloned her into Melina. Uh,
1: yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> of
0: course. Uh, Mal- yeah.
1: <laughs> the old Malina- kidnapped someone to make them your daughter move, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. we've all done it. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> At first, Melina was like, obviously, as, as Shao Kahn's daughter, like, I'm the new empress of Outworld. Um, and then uh, Shao Kahn's general, Kotal Khan, well, Kotal at this time, was like, actually, the military's on my side uh, because I was a great, like, leader and I was the only decent person that, like, ever had any power in, like, Shao Kahn's royal court. So I'm going to take charge and basically did, like, a military coup um, with the people generally behind him because Molina is like uh, a sociopath. Um, I'm surprised Kotal-Con though,
1: even after he like, you know, kind of left his people behind and enslaved them that he'd be able to generate any sort of, you know, leadership oh, or following.
0: Oh no, no, this was not collector. Collector was kind of still on the, on the sidelines. This is, uh, this is Kotal <laughs> also with a K. He's the, (laughs) he's a sort of Aztec inspired warrior with. Oh, 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 okay. Yes. Yeah. Also blue also introduced in these games. Um, Yeah. 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 He, he was like the head of the army um, for Shaqan. I see. see. And so he took over um, and was very much like let's unite everyone in Outworld. Let's end this inequality. Let's try to bring like some more like peace and culture back to this realm. Um, you know, as good a guy as you could have, being like a military leader who did a coup and took over the the, the whole dimension, yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, he took over, and it just became really clear like, Collector was not gonna have a place in this new regime. Um, he's a piece of shit. And Kotal Khan is like, You're not gonna be a part of this now that I'm Khan, Khan being like the title when you're the head of Outworld, right? Um, yeah. So Melina like ran off. It kind of started like a civil war where she was trying to build power and take down Kotal Khan and he was fighting back. Um, and uh, collector just went into hiding. He was like, I don't think Melina likes me very much and I'm not willing to fight on her army in her army. Cause I don't think she's going to win this war collector definitely or uh Kotal Khan definitely doesn't like me. So I'm just going to go into hiding. And he basically just became like a, a, a highway bandit on his own. He no longer really had a connection with his people. They kind of all dispersed among the realm. And he just kind of went on, became like a self-serving thief, just kind of roaming around, stealing from people that he knew had things because of like the records he had from his time uh, at Outworld or running Outworld. This is really,
1: that's a really good like, you know, like that's that's good like bedrock foundation for, you know, like a a really heartwarming story of redemption and reconciliation, you know, mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. that's like, I, 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 I like seeing him there because after, you know, you've enslaved your people for so long, you know, it's probably you probably need some time alone to think about that. And, you know, the power yeah. structure doesn't favor you anymore. Like there's a there's a lot to there's a lot to learn in that kind of time.
0: Yeah, it, it would have been a good time to face himself, but I don't think he did that.
1: <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, that's not helpful for yeah fighting
0: game i think (laughs) uh i think probably like what happened was he was like all right knock nodding let's get out of here and they were like oh fuck you man get the fuck out of here we're not with you anymore you asshole and uh he he should have then faced like you know who am i my own people uh hate me for what i did and i don't have a place in uh, everything that I like sacrificed my own morals for uh I no longer have. It wound up being for naught. So like mm-hmm. what am I what are you doing, Collector? Like what what get it together, man? But no, instead he kind of just like roamed around being a thief. Uh until he got caught by Kotal Khan's men, uh who brought him back to the Colosseum where people traditionally get executed in our world. <laughs> Uh, and they were like prepared to basically just like kill him in public because they, because Kotal Khan was like, listen, I don't do thieves, not in my outworld. We don't do that here. I'm going to execute you uh, for being a thief. So Kotal Khan was going to kill Collector. Collector was going to die. This was the end of the road for him. And then suddenly this big uh, sandstorm, tornado happened and onto the scene pops Cronica. uh thank Kronika, finally
1: <laughs> yeah i thought he was gonna die
0: <laughs> yeah he thought he was gonna die uh for being a bad person and his actions and would have consequences and catch up to him but first this other bullshit has to happen
1: Yeah, not today
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah chronica shows up and everyone's like what the fuck and she goes hey everyone I'm the Titan of time. And they're like, what is a Titan? And she's like, well, well, you know how there's gods and then, but then above the gods, there's elder gods. And they're like, yeah. And she's like, cool. Uh, one of my kids was this guy, Shinnok, and he was one of the elder gods. And they're like, wait, so there's a thing above elder gods. And she's like, there is now. Yes. <laughs> in, this, in the 11th game, we're doing that. Now I'm that, Now Titans, we're the, we're the biggest and we're the baddest. And I'm in charge of time. And, uh, and. Is this at the Coliseum This is at the Coliseum. This is like how Mortal Kombat 11 starts. So you're probably familiar with this this bit of it. But she shows up and basically says like, hey, I don't like this timeline. Um, My son, Shinnok, is dead in this timeline. He was a fallen elder god like Lucifer. You may be familiar with him from when you turned to Mm -hmm. the dark side when you played Mortal Kombat as a child. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah
1: vividly remember her remember uh, him entering my room yeah, uh, yeah. to tell me good job keep going
0: yeah uh, bellowing uh, his name <laughs> as your eyes roll into the back <laughs> of your head and you've levitated three feet off the ground um <laughs> all smoking the devil's leaf um <laughs> so uh, yeah she shows up and she's like my son was an elder god who tried to take over all the realms and nobody liked that uh because it was an objectively evil and they killed him and so I want to do like a whole do-over where I erase this timeline. Nobody likes that idea. And she's like, well, here's the thing. They're basically, they're like, okay, so do it then. Why are you telling us about it? Like, so what? And she's like, well, here's the thing. I have to physically travel to an island where there's a really big hourglass and then wear a special crown and physically turn back time. Um, So... Uh, does anyone want to come with me to that Island and watch my back while I, while I turn back time? And everyone there is like, not really. No, it doesn't sound like a well, good idea.
1: Cause is she kind of asking these people, like, w- would they die in her destroying this time? So is she asking for mm-hmm. they, they help just, in like, being wouldn't... a race? They just like wouldn't
0: exist at all, I guess, or, or they would. She's kind of saying like, everyone who's having a bad time now, I'll make you have a good time. And, uh, so, you know, some people are interested. Mostly people are like, get the fuck out of here. And then she opens up all these, uh, portals to the sands of time and actually brings back all of these dead people from the past who, who basically in her mind, she's like, well, all these people died. So of course they're going to be more invested in helping me to create a new timeline where they're not dead. And so, so literally, like Kotal Khan standing there, Collector standing there with like a knife to his throat, and they're like, "What the fuck is this lady talking about?" And all of a sudden, all these portals open up, and out pops all these people who've died in the past, and that includes Princess Katana mentioned earlier, but it also includes Shao Kahn. And so Collector is like, yo 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 yoing," and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> my, my- <laughs> best friend. <laughs> yeah, oh, my enslaver slash best friend." <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, he's like all psyched. He's like Shao Kahn and he uses the distraction to like kill the guards watching him and rejoin Shao Kahn. And he's like, Shao Kahn, let's get out of here, Shao Kahn. And Shao Kahn's like, what the hell is happening? What's going on? (laughs) What year is it? And, uh, (laughs) they escape with a few other people who are loyal to this cause of helping to create a new timeline, um, into the Tarkatan wastes, which are like the deserts of Outworld where the Tarkatans live, and that's the people like Baraka who have like crazy fangs, yep. and like knives that come out of their hands. And um, yeah, so Kronika makes this promise to them like directly where she's like, raise an army, Shao Kahn, you're the person to do it because you've done that here before. Uh, yep. Raise an army and bring them to my special island and watch my back, literally just watch my back. And then I'll make a new timeline where you get to be the emperor forever. Yay, whatever. My son's back. And uh, Shao Kahn's like, yeah, sounds great. So with Collector's help, he goes to the Tarkatan Wastes. He says to the Tarkatans, like, hey, I want you to help me uh, destroy, um, you know, this timeline and create a new one. And the Tarkatans are like, "Uh, we don't really think you're as tough as you used to be. We've had a few years without Shao Kahn. We don't really need Shao Kahn. So he starts fighting them, becomes this big battle. Collector's like trying to help Shao Kahn out. Uh, as he's like smashing their skulls in with like a hammer to prove that he's still tough.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He just really, um, God, just the, the desire to be liked by him is just so it's, it's almost embarrassing. I I'll say it's almost embarrassing.
0: He's what the the kids these days call a simp, I think. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He is a simp. Like, what is this?
0: He's simping for Shao Kahn. He's a subscriber <laughs> to Shao Khan OnlyFans. He's on OnlyCons. Can you hear that by the way? Someone's setting off enormous fireworks like just outside of the garage where I'm recording. I
1: did I did hear just that one, but I thought it was okay. like you like kicked a box or something.
0: Yeah. Listeners at home, I just want you to know I'm not kicking boxes. There's someone setting off, I assume, dynamite, uh just outside <laughs> of where I'm recording right now. And I am pretty certain that my dog is just freaking out inside.
1: Um, oh, no, I don't like panicking dogs. She'll
0: be okay. She'll be okay. It happens every year around this time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez, it's almost July 4th.
0: It's summer. It's almost July 4th, listeners, listening to this, like, July, I don't know, 11th or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you missed it. <laughs> you missed it, but wasn't it fun unless something terrible happened?
1: <laughs> yeah. Hope you had a good holiday.
0: Yeah. Uh, and if you accidentally blow off your fingers doing dynamite stuff, hey, stop that. Why do we? Why do don't... we make fireworks so loud? Couldn't they be like quiet and pretty?
1: They really, yeah. We really don't need them to be as loud as they are, considering that they're like a visual spectacle.
0: Yeah, it's it's like it's twenty twenty two. I understand that at a certain point you had to use actual explosives in order to make them pretty, but I feel like now, can't we just like you know, fire some LEDs out of a cannon or like a, well, a, a bow.
1: There is a, there is a, um, there is a June 29th, 2020, um, the Hill uh, op-ed that says it's time for silent fireworks. And we should read this later and see if yep. there are any ideas that are worth sharing here. I don't um, always agree
0: with the Hill, but I agree with them on this on this particular, on this
1: particular, yeah. yeah, I hope it's not an op-ed that, in, in it, you find that there, the technology just does not exist. Because um, no. that would be that would be quite disappointing.
0: Or one of those op-eds where, like, you start reading it and very quickly you're like, "Oh, for some reason, this is actually about how this guy's homophobic." That wrote this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> really? Hope oh that's no! Not the case on these <laughs> silent fireworks, <op-ed. laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think fireworks, should maybe it could just be like a fun sound. Like I'm sure we've got the ability to like sound bend so that instead of like a, a terrifying, like earth shattering bang, it's like it blows up and you hear like a single dog woof, which I guess would cause the same problem. Dogs would be scared. They would be like, there's a really big say. dog outside. But, <laughs> yeah, giant in the sky. <laughs> yeah. What's <laughs> what's like a comforting sound? Like they blow up and it sounds like water getting poured in a dog bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean that if the technology exists, I'm quite committed to that, you know, to buying those types of fireworks. But also I like the like fizzy the fizzy like zoom sound.
0: Oh yeah. And then that's
1: it. It should just and then it should just quietly pop and then, you know, fill the fill the sky with light. But it's just like let's just have the rocket sound, but not the bomb sound. Yeah.
0: I wanna I kinda now want to make a an edit where it's like footage of fireworks, but I replace all the bangs with me just going, ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't have like, like a reason I want too. to do that. I just think it would be funny.
1: <laughs> well you should and you should just as an alt you should um do one where just water in a dog bowl every time they explode. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 or it's just like a guy saying like different first names. So it's like that adds like a fun thing. Cause if you're like in, at a, a festival or a fair or something, you're watching the fireworks. Like when one of them pops off, it's like, Greg, if your name's Greg, or like, if you're like the four or five Greg's at the fair on the ground, you could be like, yeah, like exciting. you applaud. Yeah. Cause everyone likes to name name.
1: You could like, you know, take your, uh, take your date to the fair and then like, you know, surprise them. Cause you dedicated a firework. To her yeah. and it explodes and says yeah. her name. You're like, oh, that's Dana, BIA. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that costs four dollars. Yeah. Uh, wasn't that cool?
0: <laughs> that's great. Yeah, you just like load a one of those like mini discs, like those CDs that used to have like a little plastic cartridge around it into the firework when you launch it into the sky, and somehow some mechanism plays the audio clip of your choice. It's like I requesting a song from a DJ at a party.
1: That science makes sense to me. Um, yeah. so I think that, yeah, I think that checks out.
0: In my mind, it's as simple as constructing a device that plays mini discs again
1: <laughs> and explodes
0: <laughs> loud enough to be heard from the ground once you fire it into the air. I guess like in theory, you could also just sync up some kind of sound on the ground. Like, do they have that technology that was, yet? Can you like sync fireworks would... <laughs> to music like a fountain at, in like Vegas?
1: Of course. I mean, that's like, that's the whole, that's like all of this disney disneyland
0: oh right right that is what disney does
1: um um, it is always a little off though it it is a bit but like i i think it's like at the end of the day isn't it just all it's just computers computers just like trigger this to bpm
0: can't computers figure this out for us can't like ableton get on (laughs) like programming fireworks somehow (laughs)
1: I mean, I bet you there is deep in there. There's an Ableton-like plugin that is. Yeah, for
0: you got to go into Max for Live, and you've got to get the fire. This is deep Ableton knowledge for anyone who's really into Ableton, the, the, the music software. Um, yeah, if you get the Max for Live pack, I'm sure some user created. Uh, yeah, a functional. It's like fireworks, fireworks thing programming. Yeah. Pack. <laughs> I will say I would probably lose my mind of excitement if I saw a fireworks show synced to ABBA's Waterloo. That would probably be like the best shit ever.
1: I mean, I, I'm just going to tell you now, when you search Ableton Fireworks, it's, um, it's, there's um, there's Nothing? Nothing. Well, I'm other gonna... than there's a mode on your Ableton Launchpad that you can make it go into fireworks mode, which just flashes a bunch of lights. But that's um, this is gonna take oh, yeah. a while to. I got, I
0: got I got one of those right here actually. So that
1: <laughs> yeah, there, well, I could
0: do that, and go. then I could just play Waterloo and just try to imagine that it's more visually <laughs> what it would interesting be like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, enough about fireworks. Let's talk about collectors some more.
1: <laughs> yeah, please. Sorry.
0: No, no, not at all. Um, it's relevant somehow. So he, the Collector, when last we saw him, he was simping for for Master while Shao Kahn was fighting the Tarkatans to prove his worth. Um, but around that same time, Collector discovered some spies that had snuck into the Tarkatan camp to attempt to recapture Shao Kahn and stop him from recruiting an army. And uh, the specific spies that he caught were Kotal Khan. That asshole who was like, I don't want to give mm-hmm. up being Khan. I got to stop this guy. Mm-hmm. And Jade, uh, Kotal Khan's ex girlfriend, who was dead but has now been brought back from the past alive, and decided to stop this new timeline from being made in order to protect her ex boyfriend, uh, Kotal Khan. Fair. And uh, and also because like she's got a good moral compass. I don't want to. I don't want to like reduce her to just being a uh, just Kotal Khan's girlfriend. She's not. Um. But uh but that was part of how she got convinced to get involved. Um she's also an old friend uh of uh Shao Kahn's kidnapped daughter, Kitana, um, which will become right. relevant in a bit. So uh so Jade and Kotal Khan wound up getting kidnapped, uh, thanks to Collector. And he's like, Master, did I do a good job? And Shao Kahn's like, Yeah, you did great. Whatever, man. All right, let's bring him back to the Coliseum and execute <laughs> these fools. 'Cause we could do it we could do it here, but why don't we do it at the Coliseum? That's like my favorite. I just like I'm so nostalgic Love for what I used to, that. To have people here. Yeah.
1: You know what I really miss from being alive? <laughs> these public these public executions. Yeah. yeah. First things
0: first, I want to go to In and Out and get some animal style fries because I have it's been forever and I just miss them. The second I get off the plane, I just gotta get those fries. Uh and then I really wanna <laughs> slice someone in half the long way in my Coliseum. <laughs> I don't mean for that to be an endorsement, by the way. In and Out's fucking terrible, and I don't understand why anyone likes it. No Whoa, offense, JD, okay. if you do.
1: I, I mean, I, no, I. That's I, I. It's not even worth. No, I'm good. I'm good.
0: <laughs> like you also <laughs> don't have to pretend that you don't like it to appease me. I won't judge you. I'm just saying I don't understand it.
1: Um, I, uh, but it's bad. My 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 extremely minor sag is that I think it's so. I generally am not a person who, like, has such a hard food opinion that they would, like, fight people on. And mm. in terms of you got to go here, like, it's, you know, like, maybe you'll like it. Maybe you won't. Uh, it, hey, you know, whatever. If, if, if that's what you... Whoa. Big error just showed up on my screen. All good. You sound um. <laughs>
0: okay. Right. <laughs> Error. Uh, you googled the wrong combination of words, Ableton <laughs> fireworks. You are now on FBI watch list.
1: Yeah, whoops. <laughs> um, I like in and out, but I don't stand in and out.
0: Is there a place that you do uh, get violent over that has food?
1: There's a place um, called Tacos, Mexico, downtown Los Angeles, right next to the Ace Hotel. Um, I am willing to throw hands. Over the fact that I think it is the best like street burrito in town.
0: My God. Is it a street cart or is it a restaurant?
1: It is like a 18 foot by 18 foot like brick and mortar like hut that is beside a parking lot uh, next to the Ace Hotel.
0: I think I may have grabbed a taco there when I went to the uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once premiere at the Ace, which is the one of like three times I've ever been to the Ace. And I do remember it being excellent.
1: It's very, very good. Um, It's very good. And yeah, that is the only violent food opinion I have.
0: Okay. I got a bunch of them. We don't really have time to get into it right now, but I'll pretty much take any excuse to hurt someone about food. (laughs) <laughs>
1: i want to I, I would like to hear those um after yeah. The Pod.
0: yeah we'll get into it for sure <laughs> i'll say like oh, what, what what part of town are you in and then and then we'll argue about where to eat and then we'll we'll land on golden road uh in atwater uh for 15 minutes in a couple of weeks
1: <laughs> yeah right
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh so our boys have headed back to the coliseum they're ready to slice Kotal Khan in half the long way uh, the tables have truly turned in that we started this journey with Collector was going to get executed and now he's going to slice up Kotal until Princess Katana shows up, oh shit, with an army. See, while Shao Khan was focused on beating up the Tarkatans to prove that they should be his helpers um, and kidnapping Kotal Khan and walking all the way back to the Coliseum to execute him, Katana was traveling around recruiting the various uh, factions of Outworld to say, if you back me in taking over Outworld, I'm going to make sure that like this is a pleasant place for everyone to live. It'll never be like when Shao Kahn was in charge again. And so she's got the Tarkatans on her side. She's got the Shokan on her side, the the Goro people, even though mm-hmm. they've had a rivalry with the Tarkatans for centuries because they were like both important armies for Shao Kahn. She's united them and brought both armies backing her to the Coliseum. So all-out war erupts between what there is of Shao Kahn's forces and uh Katana's forces. Um, and Katana actually winds up fighting Shao Kahn and injuring him, and Collector throws his body in the way to Bro, protect Shao! Yeah. yeah. He's like, no! He's beautiful. He's perfect. <laughs> he throws himself Lord. in front of Shao Kahn and says, don't hurt him to Katana. And Katana's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And she, collector says something that's very like interesting. I think to Katana where he basically says, I can't, but be- I'm disgusted that you would reject your privilege. Do you have any idea what you were born into? Like, he took you in. You were the princess. He trained you to be a killer. You didn't know suffering like I did. From the day you were born, you were taken care of. I was starving most of my life. You've never known hunger or exhaustion. He gave me everything I ever had, um, which is pretty depressing thing to say.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. About, That's not about really- About someone who yeah. put
0: you in both situations. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah also like if your enemy ever got that personal in front of you it really kind of takes the wind out of the sails of their uh you know uh like intimidation i think that's that's yeah. you can't like simp that hard in front of people you're fighting that's yeah again
0: probably shao khan even at that point was like damn dude get away <laughs> What's wrong <Yeah>. with me?
1: <laughs> you're embarrassing me dude yeah
0: Anyway, Katana immediately beats the shit out of Collector, tosses him aside and uh, kills sure. Shao Kahn. <laughs> and, uh... And that's actually for now kind of the end of Collector's story. Uh, he just watched as... This is kind of what happened after that. There's a kind of a coda, but this is sort of it. He, he watches as Katana... You know, she kills Shao Kahn, she heads off. Um, and... Uh, collector probably wallows, wanders around trying to like steal shit again for a, a minute, a week, a day, something because in the background outside of his purview, um, chronica did delete the entire timeline, including collectors entire existence. Um, Whoa. right as she did, this guy named Lu Kang, uh, managed to defeat her, um, and then become the new arbiter of time, the new Titan of time. So he's creating like a whole new timeline of his own design and uh really hard to say if collector will even exist because i guess that's up to lu kang now if he can control time he could create a timeline where collector was just like never born or he could not interfere and make things go uh, the same way they had gone in the past um and collector is born and maybe shao khan just never becomes ruler so collector has a better life that lives in collector realm i don't know
1: yeah and maybe never even gets a name if he doesn't meet him.
0: Yeah, he's just nothing. Or he gets a <laughs> yeah, different name. He's like, "Oh, me, my name it's Baker," because in <laughs> in the Knocknaden realm, if we never become enslaved in Outworld, we just have like normal jobs and stuff.
1: Yeah, totally. He's a yeah. CPA.
0: He goes, "My name is Dominatrix." It's like, "Oh, <laughs> huh? Oh, well, good for you, man." <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm glad you're living yourself i guess i guess
0: i see it the (laughs) dom sub stuff was kind of going on for you yeah okay (laughs) yeah Yeah, i see it i get it
1: (laughs) never knew what was in that bag it's all good
0: yeah (laughs) just an enormous (laughs) dildo um (laughs) be a pretty good gag um
1: (laughs) uh, if i if i could ask though like what what is because i've never i've never played with collector but what what is his what does he fight with?
0: Um, he fights with a lot of weapons. He definitely has like uh, his 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 design in general seems a little uh, influenced by like Indian culture. Racism. It seems a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I don't know. Our I mean, he, he idea for seems, this design. <laughs> was racism that's
0: <laughs> i mean to, to be fair i guess i would say he evokes the image of some of the like uh the like hindu gods of war um mm-hmm. which is you know part and parcel with a lot of the like monster design for mortal kombat is like reaching into the sort of mythical uh combat yeah. concepts so um i wouldn't say he like looks like an you know an indian person or anything but um his weapons are yeah. definitely like influenced by I think that culture, and then there's a little bit of like maybe a Middle Eastern kind of weapon influence because it's a lot of like curved blades, a lot of like intricately metalworked um, things. He has like a lamp he swings around. He's very like fast and agile. Um, Got but yeah, it. it's a lot of like using his arms to like wield different weapons that you could swing. Uh, from from a bit of a distance, as well as uh, projectiles, he just grabs and throws out of that bag, like spy vs. spy style.
1: Yeah, great. That's yeah that yeah. that helps me see it. Spy vs. spy. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, it, yeah. it takes yeah. you there. Um, there's a very brief coda for collector, which honestly is nothing, but in the sake of being a completionist. Um, there was like a downloadable content extension of mortal Kombat 11 that had like a kind of little sideways story that didn't change the story too much, but just a little bit that basically said like once Liu Kang got the ability to create a new timeline. Um, it was revealed by an old rival of his Shang Tsung that he also needed a crown from Kronika or he was never going to be able to make a new timeline and the world would kind of just end. And so he, uh, actually goes back again into the events of Mortal Kombat 11 and changes things a little bit more to to heist this like crown amidst the events of the game. And oh, In well. that whole situation, uh we return to the coliseum during that battle at the end. Um and uh Collector instead of defending Shao Kahn, gets distracted cuz he sees Shang Tsung, who is a long-dead sorcerer and former servant of Shao Kahn. Um, he sees him sneaking around with an Earth Realm warrior, Nightwolf, who was part of the team that was like fighting Shao Kahn back in Earth Realm. So he sees Shang Song and Nightwolf and is like, oh, is Shang Tsung betraying us? Follows them below the Coliseum. Uh basically is like you're a treachery you, you're you're doing some kind of treachery against Shao Kahn. I'm gonna fight you, Shang Tsung." And he tries to fight Nightwolf and Shang Tsung, and he loses that fight. Um, and everything else goes exactly the same as it did before. So that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> insignificant it, little coda. Um, but that was like just another thing that happened, <laughs> canonically.
1: And and again, not a coda for collector, but for um um, what's not it, like he would collector was like in the background of someone else's coda. Yeah, it it that.
0: serves basically everyone else's story except for his. Um, yeah, it was like kind Collect- of a, a a little like epilogue for Mortal Kombat Eleven
1: fair damn you know i mean a, a rich a rich character but um can't catch a break
0: no no and that's kind of a pattern in mortal combat it's like there's the people who violently take power and then there's the people who uh trip over their own dicks over and over and over again trying to fill a hole in their heart that can never be filled i mean and he's one of those
1: yeah yeah. Metaphor for life, my friend.
0: <laughs> Aren't we all tripping over our dicks over and over and over, metaphorically yeah, just, speaking?
1: Just self sabotaging. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Heard that story before, too.
0: <laughs> oh, well, you know, every story's been influenced by Mortal Kombat, um, including Robot Jocks.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, so, uh, JD, now,
0: th- now that you've heard the saga of, of the collector, um, it's time for a segment I like to call choose your destiny. Uh, Cause that's what it's called in which I ask you, JD, if you were to exist in the world of mortal combat, uh, what would you be? Who would you be? Who would you align yourself with? Would you have a fatality? Tell me a little bit about uh, who you would become were you to live in the many realms of mortal Kombat.
1: Oh man, that is, uh, that's incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, as a fellow
0: writer, sorry for asking you to do free development. Um, but
1: uh, no, I was going to say, yeah, this yeah. is, this is, this is um, business wise tricky for me to, yeah. Uh, yeah. To do this Please live. don't tell your reps um, about this. Um,
0: <laughs> we're just going to ask for one um, producer pass and that's it. Um, <laughs> we'll be cool about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs>
1: um, I know that I would want it to be related to water. Um, you know, I feel like most, most, fighting games and I don't know who exactly this is in the Mortal Kombat universe but like there's always the sort of like budget Poseidon. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know. Um so I would love I would love for that to be a thing. Um I I have always had and am continuing to deepen my sort of like awe of the ocean. Um yeah, but like in big. but like in a dark way though. Like there's terrible, there must be terrible things. Deep, deep, deep. Well, what deep, kind of deep, stuff deep, are, you,
0: are you thinking like a Cthulhu situation? Or are you thinking yeah. like just a really gross squid?
1: No, I prefer the kind of Cthulhu side of things. Do you think
0: um, there's terrible intelligent life down there?
1: Um, I want to, but like realistically, no. Um, but okay. like I like that idea, you know. Um, so I don't see
0: where there couldn't be if, if like octopi are so smart
1: right I mean
0: like in theory if they were really big wouldn't they be even smarter
1: yeah and they're like already in the water so like what's to say there aren't things like that's that's a way easier jump to make than you know like highly intelligent deep extraterrestrial life you know
0: I don't Um, think it makes them dumber necessarily to say oh life would be better if we all just stayed nude and didn't build anything (laughs) I get it that
1: sounds pretty good right now (laughs) Yeah, but, like, I don't, I think it's totally, uh, it's totally possible. But, like, that would be, that would be, like, the, that'd be my starting point for me in the Mortal Kombat universe is, like, you know, some sort of, like, spiritual relationship to, like, the Leviathan, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. um, that I'm really, I'm really into. And I think the fatality would have to be something like that. It would be you know, be summoning the power from the water to then do something um, um, like like that. Ultimately terrifying.
0: So a quick question about that. So you have Rain, who is a ninja uh, and demigod who lives in the realm of Edenia, who is like a watermancer. He can control (laughs) water. Um, Other than that, though, it's like, it's kind of left open you know are there there are gods in mortal combat but like are there are mythological gods did they exist in any form were they ever real um it's kind of up in the air so i guess what i'm cu- curious about is like do you see yourself as a an earthbound poseidon secretly living under earth's oceans who reveals themselves like when it's time to defend our realm etc cetera, etc cetera? or do you see yourself as like there was a ocean realm there was like a whole ocean dimension and you get pulled into like the Mortal Kombat saga that way.
1: I would prefer to, like, I was just doing my thing, living in Earth's waters, you know, with my, you know, deep, deep, deep sea people. Just, you know, yeah, we were, everything people. was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, people. Um, thank you. Um, and then you know, all this like realm war shit starts. And I'm like, well, you know what? Like we can't, it's the Wakanda thing. Like we got to come out now. Like, come on, everybody's in trouble. Um, I think
0: literally um, Namor, Namor, Namor. Yeah. From our, yeah. Nemo. 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 I'm sorry. I was thinking of Nemo. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're thinking of finding Nemo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, From the underwater realm. Yeah. 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 Him and his dad, of course. (laughs) Um, uh, that would be, like, my vibe, you know? But, like, I, I, I say all yeah. that to say. I'm also not saying I want to be, like, King Triton from Little Mermaid. Like, that's not the vibe. Hot. Um, It's more, like, hot.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be hot. No. Got it. I, I, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. It is not like the brand. Shredded um.
0: with like, shredded with, like, long, flowing white hair. Yeah,
1: no, not for yeah. me. Um, right. okay. No, I'm, th- I'm thinking more, uh, well, actually, very hot. And this is a, I, we don't have time to talk about this, but um, right. I'm more like Disney's Atlantis. That's the vibe.
0: Got it. You'd have like those fucked up fingers with the weird curly like fingerprints. Wait, the Mike what? Mignola fingers? In Atlantis the Lost Empire, they all have those fingers where their fingers are like square and then have like a little like swirl at the end. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, Mike Mignola uh, design.
1: I thought that those those weren't their fingerprints. Did they do something? Yeah, they
0: are. They're just really fucked up looking. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You'd have, for you'd,
0: have, me. you'd have yeah very squared off fingers. Is
1: what yeah, mean. that's that was the point of me bringing that up was just yeah. get the the nuance of the finger shape. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Got
0: yeah. it. Understood. Yeah. I rewatched that movie recently, and it's fucking cool, man. It's a cool movie.
1: It's so cool. It's also like. Yeah. And I I would, if I had a podcast, it would be specifically on this topic, which is Atlantis Lost Empire is way too sexy. That movie is, it's just too, it's just too sexy. It's too much. Is Is
0: it like you, do you find all of the characters are hot or is there like a specific character from Atlantis or do you just feel like it has a generally horny energy?
1: Uh, mostly the latter. I just think it's like, it's just kind of, yeah, it's just kind of yeah, got a horny energy. Yeah. Um, it's that little French uh, mole
0: guy who's definitely a peeping Tom who's always like, Aah! like, yeah,
1: that has goggles. That like, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of a time crime with that one. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's very, it's very, I, I will, and I'll, 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 I'll end this tangent on this. Um, for 15 years, and I still have it today. That is one of the custom fonts I have on my computer. Is Atlantean Whoa. from from Disney's Atlantis, Lost Empire.
0: So, like in the sense that if you type words, they they're like you can't tell what they say at all unless you are like fluent in well, the it's written a full language.
1: yeah it's a full it's a full keyboard with every all 26 letters having their associated Atlantean um, wow. symbol. Wow. So.
0: Well, I know what to get you for your birthday next year. Like a custom keyboard where the keys are at Atlantean.
1: <laughs> and then I won't know what to do. Yeah. yeah. Wow, this is
0: awesome. <laughs> uh oh, which huh. I usually have to look at the letters when I mm,
1: okay. Once in a while. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's fun. I think yeah. that's fun. Yeah. I want to get I've always wanted a Wingdings keyboard, so
1: well, I know what to get you for your birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just put
0: it out there. You know, I just thought it'd be cool.
1: Like, since we're talking about gifts. Um, uh, since we're just talking yeah. about, like, ideas for
0: gifts. Um. <laughs> uh, well, J.D., this has been such a pleasure uh, talking about everyone's favorite Mortal Kombat character, The Collector, with you. Um, oh, yeah, And, man. of course, those sexy, sexy cast members of Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> If people want more JD Dillard in their lives, uh where can they find it?
1: Um very confusingly, uh uh JG isn't George Dillard um on all social media platforms. I got to change that. It's really Why would you do that? as a bit more we'll <laughs> as a bit. <laughs> no, it's my middle it's my middle initial.
0: Um hmm.
1: Um, but then this thing now happens where people in real life call me JG and I'm like, Oh no, what have I done? I've, it's, I've messed it all up. But, um, yeah. um, <laughs> JG Dillard, not a bit, um, mm-hmm. um, uh, on various, uh, social medias.
0: <laughs> oh, well, great. And uh, then, uh,
1: fanfiction.com.
0: Yeah. And then do you like, do you like happen to have a movie coming out in October?
1: Um, I think so. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let me refresh the cal here. Um, yeah. I have uh, a <laughs> film called Devotion coming out in October. Uh, I'm very excited for it to be out in the world. Um, um could not be more different than Mortal Kombat. Uh, mm-hmm. In that, it's a uh, uh, a war drama centered in the Korean War about the first Black naval aviator. Um, um, uh, and uh, yeah, we will uh, we'll be out in October. Teaser's oh, out now, wow.
0: uh, and it looks tight. And I'm really excited to see it.
1: Hey man, I can't, wait for, I can't gonna, wait for you to see it. I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna see. I mean, it. we're all gonna make let it to October. <laughs> we, uh, yeah. we'll let you know. as, as long as we're here, we'll see it. Yeah,
0: you'll get a text in October that just says "saw it." That's it, and that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you'll update your letterboxed, and then yeah. moving on. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, And it'll just say like every movie. It'd be pretty good bit to have a letterbox where you you just have a review where you don't give any stars. You just say saw it to every single movie. <laughs> yeah, Shrek two saw yeah. it. Shrek three saw it.
1: Saw it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Devotion. Not something
1: about. Saw it. That's uh, it. <laughs> Five stars. J-
0: JD, uh, JG, thanks so much for coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, audience, thank you so much for listening. And as always, finish him.